You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and I am so excited to be here with you today. I get to interview Rod Meldrum, and he is the president of the Firm Foundation. Rod is a researcher, author, and national lecturer. His highly referenced and comprehensive research as shared in live presentations and educational materials has won him the respect and support of many scholars. Rod has served as, as senior scientific researcher for seven years on a natural sciences textbook. He's been the president and CEO of High Country Gourmet Incorporated and was director of business development for Interact Medical. Rod and his wife, Tanya, are the parents of four children. He began his study of issues surrounding the controversy over DNA and the Book of Mormon in 2003, which led to questioning the origins of proposed geographical settings of the Book of Mormon. In addition, he completed intensive study of the Book of Mormon itself and the historical background and documents associated with it. Rod is the producer of the documentaries DNA, Evidence for Book of Mormon Geography and Book of Mormon Evidence and co-author of the book Prophecies and Promises, The Book of Mormon and the United States of America and author of the book Rediscovering the Book of Mormon Remnant Through DNA. He has given presentations across the United States to many thousands of truth seekers, and his big conference online is coming up on September 25th through 26th. This conference is the Book of Mormon Evidences, and you can learn more about that at www.bookofmormonevidences.org. So welcome, Rod. We're so excited to have you to this program today, and we're going to just jump right in with the first question. Say hello to everybody. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Karen, for the opportunity to, uh, to, to share some, uh, some thoughts here with you. Great, Rod. I'm so excited. I love your work, and I'm excited to be here interviewing you today. So we've got some questions for you, and today we're witnessing protests and riots, mostly by younger people who believe that America is and has always been fundamentally bad because its founding fathers had slaves. We drove Native Americans from their lands and have terrorized others, nations around the globe in pursuit of our own capitalist greed. How do you think they feel this way? Why do you think they feel this way, Rod? Well, basically, I think it comes down to um, what they've been told. <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, the education system in the United States has been one that has um, really, I think, um, made it very difficult for our, our younger generation to know how great America actually is. Um, they have been told um, and focused on some of the, uh, the, the, the things that have made it less great, basically things like slavery, um, things like Native Americans and uh, being displaced and so forth in the beginning of this country. But, uh, but they're not told the background behind all of that. <laughs> they're not told of the greatness of America. They're not told of the miracles uh, 
that were actually um, done in in just the coming forth of the of America. Um, the the great men and women who were involved with this uh, with this, the the uh, founding of this country. So I think that's really a, a travesty because they're they're told um, things like, for example, that uh, because some of the founding fathers had slaves that they that they were uh, very bad men and so forth. But what they're not told is that, that almost every, in fact, every nation on the earth at the time, slavery was kind of an accepted practice. In fact, one thing that makes America unique is the idea or that uh, or is that it was the first nation that actually abolished slavery. So and, do uh, you feel that they're justified in this belief? <laughs> well, they, well, basically, I mean, obviously, uh, they're justified in the sense that they that they don't know any better. Um, what they've that, been that, that history books. I mean, we used to have back in uh, you know back in the uh, the eighties and nineties, we had uh, interesting things like we had uh, on, on television on Saturday mornings. We had uh, Schoolhouse Rock, you know, and they would and they would have things about the Constitution and how bills were made and and and, and you know, things to help just tell the kids a little bit more about the Constitution and what our country was about. Uh, then we had a situation where, you know, the, these uh, kids would be, nowadays they go to school, instead of having U.S. history classes, they have socialism classes, basically, or basically, you know, That's they, right. call, they, they call them social studies. Um, and they pretty much taken out the uh, history of the United States. History is such an important thing, Karen, when it comes down to it. Um, in, uh, in in Egypt, one of the first things that would happen if we were going to have an overthrow of a previous pharaoh, for example, is they would, as soon as the, the overthrow was happening or was, was about to happen, they would have the stone cutters go out to all the monuments around around the Egypt area, basically the, the Nile uh, Crescent area there, and they would chisel out the uh, the, the old rulers' names from all the monuments. Wow. They're trying to destroy their history. Uh, for those who are familiar with this, uh, this, this historical book called the Book of Mormon, uh, they actually talk about how um, their, a family left Jerusalem about 600 BC and uh, they, they left, but then uh, the father actually sent the sons back to Jerusalem to pick up the ancient history of the Jews on uh, plates that were made out of brass. And, uh, and they, they, he actually put his sons at jeopardy um, by sending them back to essentially the rulers of, of Jerusalem at the time, because it was so important that they have this history so that it could not be uh, lost over time. You know, everybody's played uh, what they call the, the telephone game, basically, where right. you tell someone and then they tell someone and they tell someone and the message gets completely messed up uh, within just, you know, three or four tellings um, over, over centuries that can really um, destroy your history. And if you don't know your history, then you're, destined to repeat the mistakes that you've made and not give honor or credence to the great people that fashioned yeah. and formed it yeah did did, did, did america actually uh, make some mistakes well of course we did <laughs> you know did, the, did some of the founding fathers have slaves yes and so did most other people around the world but that one of the interesting things about the bill of rights is it said that all men were created equal and there was no issue as far as uh, all men, except for this particular color or this particular creed. It said everyone, all human beings basically were created equal. That was pretty much unprecedented. Uh, prior to this, you had kingdoms. Basically, you had uh, kings and they had their, their serfs or their peasants. Um, there was almost no middle class. 
in the most of the ancient societies. I mean, you look at the Romans, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, those who were uh, involved with the government of Rome lived like kings, and the rest of the people basically were peasants and uh, lived, like, lived just in squalor. Um, there so, was almost no middle class. The, the United States is unique in the fact that we have uh, this system of government created the largest middle class ever in the history of the earth. That's amazing. And so your view of America today and what it's accomplished and what's been happening prior to March and mm -hmm. all of that is, what is your view? How has it been this this last little while? <laughs> well, I think we're probably going to get into that in, in even more detail a little bit later. But I, I just feel bad, actually, for this younger generation who have been essentially not necessarily lied to, but deceived. Um, when I say deceived, meaning that uh, it, is it true that some of the uh, uh, founding fathers had slaves? Yes. But when it's being deceived, what they're saying is, is that I have uh, quotes actually from George Washington, basically saying that, you know, we the reason why, well, he, he, did, he, he said basically that he wanted to abolish slavery. But the reason why they couldn't abolish slavery at the beginning, because the South would have defected and they and apart or, you know, separated the two. Uh, the North and the South would not be strong enough to basically um, be a world power in, in the, on, on the same kind of likes as, for example, France or, or England mm -hmm. at the time. And they needed to keep the Union together. And in order to do so, they had to have, they had to make some uh, concessions to the South so that they could actually uh, keep this whole thing together. So it was, a, it was divine timing. It was a matter of timing. Yeah. But no other nation. Tell me any any other nation out there that was actually trying to abolish slavery. No one was. This was this was unique in all the world. Um, you know, from from the Egyptians and the children of Israel. Right. I mean, the children of Israel were slaves. And, uh, and 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 so this is something that's been going on for a very, very long time. So America was first to seek to abolish slavery. Yeah. And that should be celebrated. Right. And, you know, I, I, I get, uh, you know, um, every every different people and every different race has their things that they can be proud of and they, they should be proud of. You know, so the things that were accomplished by, you know, Asiatic people should be celebrated by them. The things were accomplished by blacks should be celebrated by them as well and everybody else. I mean, because everybody benefited. But uh, but for some reason now it seems to be um, non-politically correct if white people celebrate the accomplishments of white people. That's right. You know, and our Caucasians. And uh, and there's been a lot of great things that we have um, accomplished as a people that have blessed the lives of everyone else. And everybody needs to celebrate each other's contributions and accomplishments and achievements and gifts. Absolutely. Uh, what would you say to the younger generation if you had a chance you know, let's, let's wait on that question because we're about to go to a station break. Again, I want to give you the website. It is bookofmormonevidence.org. <laughs> and we are interviewing Rod Meldrum here today. Thank you, Rod. We'll be right back.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and joy coach, Karen Lynn Grant. This is Karen Lynn Grant with Joy Coaching America, and we are so happy today to have Rod Meldrum, researcher and author and national lecturer with us today. And we are interviewing him and just about ready to talk about a very essential problem that we're having in the world today. And that is that our youth are rebelling and yet they think that they're doing everybody a favor. And so Rod, I would like to ask you this question. How do you feel that, uh, do you feel that the youth are justified in feeling the way that they feel because they think that they're doing us a favor. They think that they're protecting humanity as a whole and that they're being fair and, and, making everybody feel equal and loved. And, and so we would love to hear what you feel about this subject. Well, basically, they, as far as uh, are they justified in their beliefs? Well, obviously, they feel that they are. You know, um, when they are thinking about uh, what uh, kinds of things that they are, are seeing as far as America is concerned and, uh, and the, the direction of, the, of, our, of our country, um, the things that they've been told because of their education, uh, as they've been brought up, uh, that America is bad, that uh, that the founding fathers were bad, that uh, that we you know kicked off the Native Americans from their lands, we just stole it from them, um, that we've uh, basically caused havoc and terror all throughout the world, um, and, and wars and so forth, and that uh, we just basically that there's systematic uh, racism as well throughout the United States, that there's uh, sexism and and so forth. And to some extent, these things are, are you know, if, if, you, if you look at it without the lens of historical perspective, um, you might think that that is the case. And, uh, and, and clearly, there are, you know, each one of those aspects have some truth in them. But the, but the problem is, is that there isn't, they, they aren't um, the, the entire story. So for example, uh, you know, when it comes down to the racism, it's systematic racism. You know, um, almost no matter what nation you are, are in, there is uh, you know, whatever the predominant um, race is, whether you're in China or whether you're in India or whether you're in Russia or whether you're in Africa, um, you know, the, whatever the dominant race is, there's people who are not of that particular That's race right. are going to feel like the, like the whole culture is basically uh, set up against them or it's, it's not their culture. Um, in the United States, we have a unique situation because we are a melting pot. We have more races, you know, and, and more of each different kind of race than we have uh, than almost any other nation that there is on the earth. So we deal with something different than most nations do. And in China, it's pretty easy to be culturally um, one way because the vast majority of people mm -hmm. are that culture. And, and, and China does not, the, you know, the communists do not put up with people who do not uh, agree with their cultural norms. So if you take a look at, you know, like uh, um, people of Islam, for example, um, are quite often uh, taken out of their mainstream society and placed in other, uh, even, you know, I guess you'd call them like even concentration camps, essentially. So uh, so America is in, in a unique position because we, we need to uh, be more, as, as much as we can, be um, 
race blind, if you will. And we all, we all have to be so cautious and so careful about everything we say because our melting pot is boiling mm -hmm. over and, <laughs> and people are yeah. getting angry. And, and it is so sad to watch the news and to hear this going on and to, to want to assist people in being comforted and feeling loved and everybody feeling like they are valuable and important, that their accomplishments, their achievements, as you were mentioning on the last segment, that everybody's brought an accomplishment, everybody's brought an achievement, mm -hmm. everybody's done something to help make America great. Yeah. That's why I think it's just so, um, just so wrong when a when one particular um, group of people, or in this particular case, race, says basically, you know, that the, the their mantra is "Black Lives Matter." You know, basically, when you say those three words, um, first off, you have to. You, it's kind of making an assumption that prior to this time, black lives didn't matter, and that uh, and that they and that they could be just walked upon and tread upon uh, indiscriminately, and uh, and that was and. You know, so that's kind of the idea behind that. But then also, if you if you kind of look a little more forward, Black Lives Matter, basically what that doesn't that kind of uh, give you some impression that black lives are the only ones that matter. That's right. The, the, the primary ones that matter. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that black lives are not any more important or less important than any other lives. And uh, and so we, we I think we need to put it in the perspective of God that God to God, all lives matter. And that he is no respecter of persons That's right. and that we are all valuable and valued and how important it is for everybody to realize that. And that when you say one, one category matters, it's eliminating all the other yeah. categories. Yeah, I think part of the problem that we have here, I mean, you know, people talk about uh, systematic racism, uh, you know that the police are are systematically racist. That the you know, that the, the entire culture of the United States was set up by a, a group of old white men, you know, and that that culture is uh, is is against blacks and against uh, their you know black people in general. Um, I I defy that because of the fact that we've had a black president for heaven's sake. You know the highest the highest uh, um, position in this nation has been occupied by an individual of black descent, you know, so, so to say that we are systematically racist, um, how could that possibly be if the highest, you know, the position in the land right. is occupied by a person of that race? So that doesn't really met, you know, th that just doesn't make any sense. I think what we have is a cultural problem. You know, uh, if you take a look at uh, different cultures, like for example, Native American cultures, um, one of the interesting things that uh, some Native American cultures have had is that it was, it's, it's, you are not properly um, showing respect to your elders if you, in your life, achieve something greater than your father did. Hmm. So, you know, so, so you can't go out there and do anything better than what your grandfather or father did because that would be um, basically disrespecting them. Well, that's a cultural norm that really just doesn't make any sense. False because, traditions, yeah, right? Bad traditions of the fathers is what they're ta we're talking about. And when you have traditions of, uh, you know, of uh, like if you look at the, uh, the the slaves, for example, here in America, most of them were still families. In fact, it, it destroyed them when their families were actually separated from each other by, you know, somebody buying somebody else or whatever, right. and, their, and their families were destroyed and separated. And they did that a lot of times, um, you know, to, to 
deliberate to d destroy the family. But after um, slavery and the uh, and, and the prohibition on slavery and so forth, um, blacks basically became um, or had the ability to remain intact as families. And when that happened, um, wherever the blacks were in the black communities, they thrived. They did great as long as they had intact families with a with a, a mom and a dad and the children and both parents taking care of their kids and so forth. And that was the culture. And they became very uh, Christian, you know, Christian. I mean, they, they um, uh, filled the churches in the South and, uh, and, and all over the United States um, and raised their voices to God, basically, and, uh, and had strong families. Um, but then we have a, a government system, um, and specifically, I hate to put it into terms of, uh, of actual you know, parties, but basically it was the Democrat Party that essentially said, well, you know, the blacks can't do it on their own. They need the help of the government. And let me, let me just kind of jump in here for just a second. Um, how do you enslave people? You know, if you look back in history, the best way to enslave people is by offering them free stuff. By making them codependent on you, by that's making right. them feel enabled. And yeah. that's the way you enslave even our children today. Mm -hmm. So free stuff. I mean, if you take a look in the Bible, for example, you look at the children of Israel, you know, basically they got the seven years, you know, that they of the famine and they got to stay there. And then they kind of just were kind of still uh, living off of the Egyptians and eventually Egyptians kind of go, um, you know, you can't, you can't just just live off of us. You're not going. We're not going to allow that. And then they basically ended up enslaving them. Um, in the history book that we call the Book of Mormon, uh, they talk about uh, a, a group of people who went down into an area um, and they wanted to occupy this particular land. But the king of the land actually owned. You know, they they had it was part of their territory, and so um, they said, "Well, we'd like to have a place that we could, you know." build some cities and so forth. And he said, well, okay, um, we'll, we'll go ahead and move our people out of the land. But, uh, but then he said that we have, uh, that when the people are, are, are set up after about six or seven years, then they said, oh, by the way, you need to start paying the taxes. And they basically put them in the slavery. You know, it's a truth. And I want to talk about George Washington Carver, a book report I did on him when I was in the fourth grade <laughs> and fell in love with this man. We're talking to Rod Meldrum, researcher, author, and speaker, national speaker. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. This is Karen Lynn Grant with Joy Coaching America, interviewing Rod L. Meldrum with www.bookofmormonevidence.org. We want to mention, Rod, that you've got a great big beautiful conference coming up. It's online and it's set September 25th through 26th with over 80 speakers, 80 guests, and people can come, they can enroll. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, we have uh, actually some really uh, amazing uh, presenters coming uh, this time. Uh, we, we typically do this just twice a year. It's a, it's a biannual conference. And so we have, um, uh, well, the one that we had in the spring, we had about uh, 90 speakers and about 160 classes. Um, we typically have done that um, in, a, in a live event, but uh, because of the COVID, uh, we have, uh, we, we had to, in the, this last uh, April, we had to make it a, uh, a, a virtual event. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do it a virtual event again, because <laughs> so people, people are still concerned about, you know, can, are scared about the COVID virus and, and so forth. So can people come to all 80? Can they, can, or do uh, they, they just choose? access it from their, for their own so they can, their computer and they can see all of it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So just go to uh, bookofmormonevidence.org or bookofmormonevidencestreaming.com. Uh, and uh, those are, that's where these are going to be at. We have some really great uh, speakers coming up. We have Tim Ballard, for example, um, that he's the Operation Underground Railroad. He basically is the one that uh, is, is rescuing all these kids from child sex trafficking. Okay. That's right. He's um, a great patriot. Um, and then I'm going I'm to announce in just a second here, we got another, another person that's pretty well known, but uh, not, well, a lot of people have heard of David Barton before. Oh, He's wow. a constitutional expert um, and just an amazing individual, has uh, done such amazing research um, um, on the, the origins of the, uh, the, of the United States of America and the Constitution specifically. That'll be wonderful. I'm excited yeah. for this. It fact, is a wonderful the, event. And he, he and our main guest is going to be uh, Glenn Beck. Awesome. Um, a, lot, a lot of people know who Glenn Beck is, um, you know, like him or, or hate him. Usually it's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like President Trump, really. <laughs> either, right. either people love him or hate him. Well, when you speak your mind, you yeah, form right. friends that's or right. enemies. That's right. And Glenn Beck is going to be also speaking at this event. Um, we've been, I've been looking forward to this for years. Um, he and actually David Barton have been, uh, you know, getting uh, documents, help, helping to preserve documents of, uh, of the early, um, you know, beginnings of America. And it's just absolutely astounding to see the, uh, the, um, how these great men came together uh, from desperate uh, um or disparate, I should say, <laughs> um, backgrounds and, and under, understandings. And, and uh, some of them were born into some privilege and many of them actually uh, pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps, so to speak. Um, That's going to be exciting. And Rod, tell everybody who's listening, again, how they can enroll and how much it costs to come and get mm -hmm. all 80 speakers. That's yeah. awesome. Well, basically, if you go to Book of Mormon Evidence Streaming .com, we have uh, there's over 500 um, presentations from previous conferences there, uh, over 160, 170 different uh, presenters and things like that. Um, the conference basically will be streamed to that, but you have to have um, you have to actually buy the conference, so you have to actually be a a, a streaming uh, you ticket know, holder, ticket holder, basically, you know, um, subscriber we call them. Um, and then, and then you can get the conference for basically 30 bucks. So $30 and you get that is uh, incredible. 60, 60 awesome presentations in, uh, in, in six different areas of research from world events and current events to uh, constitutional studies, to book of Mormon studies, to, um, health and wellness, uh, you know, and, and, and self-reliance kinds of things. Um, experts from all these different fields uh, are, are. I've watched this. this conference grow, and it's been exciting to be there. And yeah, and you awesome. missed the booze because it was so fun to meet <laughs> and greet with with like-minded people. We miss and our vendors. You know, a lot yeah. of people go. They want to go there because they want to be able to go browse the stuff in the booths and see what's what the latest and greatest information is. And 
and uh, it's been kind of a bummer that way. But, um, you but know. how wonderful to put on your yeah. fuzzy slippers and just relax and get your popcorn <laughs> and just listen to Rod Meldrum. I love That's it. Right. We are excited about that. I know my husband and I, we recently purchased several more DVDs of yours and immediately came home, started watching them. And you know what? It feels so good to be being educated while all of this is going on. And before yeah. we broke to the last break, uh, you were talking about how enabling people and making people codependent on government for their sustenance mm -hmm. is very detrimental to their emotional well-being. So I'd love yeah. to finish up with that thought. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's a uh, something that has been used um, for both good and bad, but mostly, I think, in this particular case, bad. And that is that the, basically the idea is, is giving people free stuff in order to entrap or enslave them. And, uh, so and, there's and, an ulterior motive you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for example, I, I have, uh, you know, when, I, when I was in Italy, uh, I was serving a mission for my, my faith there in Italy. Um, there was a family there whose son had been uh, addicted to heroin. And, uh, and the family actually had owned three or four homes at one point in time. And the, and the, uh, the father of the family had passed away. So it's just his, his wife that was left and, the, and their son. And the son got involved with heroin. But the way that they got him involved with the heroin is they would basically say, hey, you want to try this stuff out? You know, and then they for basically free. just try. Oh, yeah, just try it. And, then, and for, for several weeks, they would give him free heroin until they got him really hooked on it. And then as soon as they got him hooked on it, then basically they'd say, well, you know, we can't just keep giving you free stuff, free drugs. I mean, you got to start paying for it. Well, I don't have the money to pay for it. Well, then you got to figure out how you're going to get money. And now to pay you're for addicted. It. And now you're addicted. So now you need it. Uh, and, and so then they said, well, um, your mom's got money. Go get it from her. But if you don't, we're going to rough her up. We'll, we'll, we'll take her out and beat her up if you don't uh, get her to give you some money. So ultimately, they, they she had sold three of their four homes. Wow. They were in the last home, and all of that money went to the drug dealers because of this addiction they had, all stemming from free stuff. So when somebody's offering you free stuff, look out, because usually what ends up happening is it sounds good at the beginning, but it doesn't work out so well in the end. You know, when I, the people who are offering the free stuff say, we're not going to keep giving you free stuff. Somebody's got to pay. And now you're addicted. And now we think about even the free stimulus checks. I mean, I, mm -hmm. it's so much free stuff. And how can our country keep giving like that without it well, that, hurting it? And that's a whole nother topic. That's a, yeah, that's a whole nother topic. And it's a, but it's a topic that's so important because uh, the bottom line is there is no such thing as a free lunch. It's one of the things that economics uh, professors will teach. Well, I'm not sure if they still teach that, but they did back in my day. <laughs> anyway, um, somebody ends up paying it, which is the reason why socialism has never, ever worked. Every, every nation that has gone into socialism basically devolves. Mm. And the reason why is because eventually it's kind of like, uh, I think it was Margaret Thatcher said, because eventually with socialism, you run out of other people's money. It all sounds great and fine for you to just be able to sit and, and, uh, and watch TV or do whatever you want to during the day and just have someone else pay your bills. But eventually the people who are paying those bills get sick and tired of everybody else leeching off of them. And, uh, and, 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 uh, these, and, there's no incentive for people to actually work hard. That's what I think is the incentive. Yeah. When, when the incentive has gone to work hard, then why do it? And, and you know, the, the people who are getting the free stuff say, well, why should I work? Because I'm, I'm living just fine without this. 
and I have all my time to myself. The people who were working said, why should I keep working? I'm paying their way. Because I, I'm not getting ahead of anything. And basically, I'm just, I'm just you know, treading water here. So I might as well go join the other side. And when you get to the point where half of the population decides that they're going to vote themselves a living rather than work for it, that nation is, is headed for a, a complete disaster. And we have about half of our nation now who basically is, is dependent in one way or the other on the government for their sustenance. And this is what has actually killed, uh, to a large extent, that, that, that cohesive black community that we were talking about before. Blacks who had their families together, they had a husband, they had a wife, they had their children, they, uh, they taught their children you know, about the commandments of God, they uh, be believed in God, and now what happened is the government came in and basically said, okay, um, you don't need a man anymore. If you're a black woman, you don't need a husband. So you don't need to put up with all his stuff, you know, whatever you know, <laughs> that goes on. Um, we're going to take care of you. And in fact, uh, if, you have, if you have children, we're going to take care of them too. So you don't need a man around. Well, so the men have no reason to stick around basically at that point in time because the women are just saying, hey, we don't, I don't need you. And, uh, and and the government's taking care of me just fine. That's right. I'm getting my free lunch. I'm I don't getting, need I'm that. getting my free lunch, but eventually it comes back to bite you because when you when you uh, go against the principles of 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 God, basically, really, and the Ten Commandments, you know, one of the first commandments was is that you should uh, uh, eat by the sweat of your brow, right? Exactly, and I think that you are doing a wonderful job in explaining exactly why we gain respect for ourselves through working hard and what's happening and how it's collapsing with the enabling that's going on right now. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back. This is Karen Lynn Grant with Joy Coaching America, interviewing our special guest today, Rod L. Meldrum. You know, I have admired you from afar for a long time. I love your passion. I love your passion for truth. I love the things you've taught me individually. I love what you teach groups. I love uh, how you take this passion and you educate, you uplift. And so I want to, what is your view of America? Well, I, I tell you that my, my view is, is to a large extent, um, based upon my upbringing you know i mean i want to hear you know, about that we had uh, i mean i had uh, wonderful parents um my dad uh, grew up up in the uh, the northwestern part of the united states up in uh, just on the border of or oregon and idaho basically mm -hmm. um come from a, a, a line of, of of people who uh who had orchards and uh, vineyards and things like that so he had uh, a number of acres up there in that area uh, my dad grew up on a farm. I grew up uh, with my with my parents having a dairy farm in uh, oh, Logan, wow. in, in Logan, Utah. So we had a small dairy farm, and that included uh, things like hauling hay and milking cows and taking care of pigs. And we had chickens and turkeys and ducks and 
cats and dogs <laughs> and you, you name it. We had all these different things. Lived that they lived a what I would consider to be a pretty idyllic life. You know, I had two parents who loved each other, cared for each other. We lived in a community that uh, that 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 uh, was very cohesive. Um, loved each other. Uh, we went to church every Sunday. We had scriptures every morning before school and so forth. I went to a school where most of the kids were basically um, of our same faith, pretty much. You know, we had uh, some that weren't, but uh, sounds but it was peaceful. Pretty, yeah, it was. It was very peaceful. You know, but uh, you know, it wasn't very diverse necessarily. You know, but but in our in, in, for our culture, I mean, it grew up. Uh, you know, we had the mountains around us, so we did a lot of stuff and and camping and hiking and was involved with Boy Scouts and things like that. So, you know, um, and all these things are now. Um, I mean, Boy Scouts have been under attack and and all mm. kinds of stuff. So, but these are things that brought me to a deep understanding and belief that uh, that America is fundamentally good. And the founding fathers were inspired men who were moved upon by God in many cases. Um, there are numerous, too numerous, too numerous to even begin to mention them. The, the number of historical instances where uh, where God's hand literally was was shown in the in the establishment of this nation to break it off from the kings and the and the uh, the uh, the hierarchies basically of Europe. Um, that kept most people in in a servitude, even though they ne weren't necessarily slaves, they were basically serv servitude. Many of the slaves, mm. in fact, I just want to bring this point up, many of the slaves that were here in America actually lived better than, um, than, than they did in other parts of the world because of third world situations. They had food to eat, they had uh, water to drink, you know, and those kinds of things. They had shelter over their heads. Um, you know, and, and many of them actually were treated more as paid servants than slaves and some even there, as there, family members yeah there, there were clearly and in fact that was i mean a, a lot of slave owners were actually black there were slave owners that were actually of other other descents as well you know so slavery was one of those things that was just i keep bringing that back up because this because this whole black lives matter thing seems to be all about uh you know the uh repercussions of slavery basically to mm -hmm. black people but the black people need to understand that many of their ancestors were the slave owners. Many of them actually sold their own families out in Africa to put them wow. on the ships to bring them over here. Um, this is caused a lot of times by abject poverty. When 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 a when a, a, when a wife and a and a father do not have the money to feed their children, sometimes they think it might be better if we let someone else. Um, Take care them. Of at them least they're going them. to live and right. maybe they have a chance to live this is right. what poverty does that's one of the things i love about america is it is basically it is it's caused the entire world to move um up in in its you know in the average the average person the average citizen around the world has food to eat the average citizen around the world has clean water to drink they have a home to live in now there are still pockets in the world that I still can't believe. I mean, I found out malaria has taken uh, just from January one until I think it was March twenty fifth, taken uh, two hundred and eighty thousand people have died from malaria, which is way more than has taken you know, from COVID here in the United States. And this is you know this especially up until March the twenty fifth. So malaria is still a thing. You know, I didn't really I didn't even realize that because we live wow. in this in this this promised land. Um, you know, in our, in our faith, um, we are under, we, we understand that the original Garden of Eden 
that Adam and Eve lived in was here in America. And that there was a promise given by God to this nation, uh, clear back at that point in time. And that promise involved, as long as you were righteous, as long as you obeyed kind of the minimum standard, which is the Ten Commandments, that that, that, that um, of course, there wasn't Ten Commandments at the that time, you know, this came later on with Moses. But but the um, but the idea was, is that if you remain righteous on this on this special land, that you'll be blessed. And you'll be blessed with, uh, with the, some of the greatest blessings that God can give, for example, posterity. You know, posterity is one of the things that uh, that makes us, um, you know, scientists have tried for, you know, for, for well, literally for, for uh, centuries to try to create the most simple form of life. Just a single living cell would be awesome, right? Mm -hmm. But yet have never been able to do it. Not one living cell has ever been made, much less in any, uh, any kind of a, you know, an amoeba or other more advanced life form. So life is something that is really special and unique. And, uh, and God gives us the opportunity to have, to, to create life through male and female. You know, so uh, when, you take, when you have Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and they have their posterity and then they're blessed with this particular land, they said, as long as you're righteous, you get to stay on this special land, this land that's been given everything. Um, America is, is great because it is good. You know, and, uh, and and if America ever ceases to be good, I think it will cease to be great. And I think what we're seeing is the is the disintegration of the family, which is leading to the disintegration of our nation. As we break up more as a family, it causes more problems in our nation because you have a culture of unrighteousness. When you have a culture where the men basically feel like they have no responsibility for the actions that they take with the women of their of their culture and their society, then you have uh, you're sending it up for massive problems because the kids are going to end up growing up. Uh, I mean, it's just statistically a fact that uh, that kids who come from single parent families don't thrive as well as kids who come from dual parent families. It's just in, in every demographic. It was a God ordained institution, yeah. and it doesn't matter what race you are mm -hmm. or what religion you are or whatever, just that the family is one of the biggest factors in, in understanding what is going to happen with a society and with a culture. But when you have a culture that basically does not honor those fam those familiar, you know, uh, familial, I should say, um, uh, relationships, um, that society is doomed to fail. And when the government becomes the daddy, instead of having a, a, a father in the home, um, then the kids are gonna be growing up with this with skewed um, abilities that basically they're, they're held back to a large extent mm -hmm. because they don't have the resources and things that the kids have that have an intact family. So the nuclear family is important. And this is one of the things that Black Lives Matter is attacking directly. If you go onto the Black Lives Matter um, list of uh, the demands and so forth one of the demands is to do away with the nuclear family as is as we know it because that's a racist thing because it was uh, organized and put together by white folk which is ridiculous you know but that's uh but that's but the but there is a culture um for example um if you have a culture if you think about a culture that uh, like japanese they're basically very high high very functioning tied. very family tied but also very hard working you know, and that kind of stuff. If you have a culture instead that, that basically values um, laziness, 
that values um, you know being being sedentary basically that uh, that doesn't value achievement that thinks it's okay to just uh, to just um, live off of other people's stuff to uh, to do has no respect for property to, yeah to take other people's things that don't belong to them that don't respect the basic rules of law and order when you have a society that ba- breaks down like that there isn't any culture or society that's going to last for very long when the people refuse to be governed. In other words, when, and the reason for government basically is, is to establish the, the, the ground rules for the society. So if you want a society that actually is going to, to, to thrive, there are certain principles that must be in place. And when those principles are violated, it's just a natural law that it's not going to work. Absolutely. So hard work, respecting property. We're seeing all of that be decimated all across every night news. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is sad. And so many women, like I, I hear from the women because I do personal one-on-one sessions. I hear, I have a lot of women friends and I hear from them. It is so, uh, the, the fear and the sorrow and the hurt and the anxiety that women are feeling for their children for the next generation and really how can we turn how can what would you say what would you tell people what can we do on an individual basis to turn our hearts back to reap the promises of this promised land well it actually goes all the way back to a time um with uh, with abraham and the in the bible and uh, when he was completely obedient, even to the point of uh, being willing to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, which by the way, was, was not a forced thing either. Isaac allowed himself to be prepared for the sacrifice. Bottom line is, is that there were special blessings that were, that were given to him, the blessings of the land itself, posterity, prosperity, and security. When you understand those, those four primary blessings with, with those blessings, um, you have a, a tremendous ability to have a culture that will produce the the necessities of life, essentially, but also to be able to help them to reach higher. Prosperity, posterity, and security. security. How beautiful for us to know that those are the promises that, that fall upon our heads as we live true to the divine ideals that we have and that we so desire to see America become great again. We are with Rod Meldrum. This has been Joy Coaching America. Rod will be back with us and make sure you go visit www.bookofmormonevidence.org.